This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com. Major funding for this Tanya class is provided by the Mettel Corporation. Additional funding is provided by Tanya students like you. Lessons in Tanya. The Tanya of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi. Taught by Rabbi Ben Zion Krasniansky. Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg. This is what he's starting to discuss in chapter 51. He continues in chapter 52 and 53. This is what he concludes with Tanya, but it's a very profound discussion. It's discussed in many Hasidic discourses. And um, like the Tanya is like the written Torah. The written Torah is then elaborated for one verse in the Tanya. In the, in the written Torah, you have a whole tractate that elaborates. So this idea is elaborated on in Hasidic discourses from all the rabbis. And, you know, it's a very subtle a very subtle um, idea, concepts that he's discussing here. Because on one hand, there's one soul. Soul is not a, a composite. On the other hand, everything comes from the soul. On the other hand, you see that a person has all these differentiated abilities. So how, do you, how does it work? Is it one soul, or, or are you made up of so many different parts and components? What is it? How does it work? You know, we, because without the soul, there's nothing. It's not like you can't differentiate the abilities from the soul. You can't cut it off from the soul. Cut it off. The soul is gone. It takes everything with it. <laughs> there's nothing. There's no thought. There's no, there's no act. There's no period. You, when the person dies, it's, it's all over. So everything is the soul. And yet, you see the soul manifesting itself as a whole. You see the soul manifesting itself in so many different parts. A hundred trillion cells. Every cell is different and unique. On the other hand, it's one. hundred trillion parts. And no, it's not a part. It's all one. And simultaneously. So what is it? You know, this is very, you're getting into very deep, very profound understanding, which changes your whole understanding of, you know, the whole is greater than the sum total of its parts. It's not because we think in a very mechanical way. That's our conscious understanding. We understand things. That's our prism. That's how we understand everything in a very mechanical sense. But you can't understand the soul. The soul is not a machine. We're not machines. The soul is not mechanical. The soul is organic. It's alive. That's why he says you have to understand it. The only way you can understand it is from your own personal experience. Just like we sense ourselves. We don't we sense we're not a machine. And the soul is not just a composite. We sense ourselves as one entity. And yet this one dynamic entity expresses itself into all these differentiated and diverse and multitude. So this is very relevant to our day and age because you know, we live in a very multiplicity, um, you know, multiple, so many multiplicity of people and, and cultures and, and um, you know, multiple, multiple culturalism and, and what he's trying to say here, no. Celebrating diversity doesn't mean 
that ultimately there's a diversity. No. Celebrating diversity is realizing that ultimately there's one. And that one expresses itself in this beautiful, multi- multiple, multicultural, multi, but there's one reality. Don't look at the world as in the, from a mechanical, external, scientific point of view. Don't look at the world as being differentiated and fragmented. No. The world is one. There's Hashem Echad. And that's the mission of the Jew. The Jew is the only one that can bring the world together. And we see it. We're the only one. You see it in the negative, the anti-Semitism. We're the only one that can unite the world. <laughs> you know, everyone sees eye to eye when it comes to the Jew, to Israel. Um, but the Jew is the only one that has the ability to unite the world. To show that there's no fragmentation. It's one. Hashem permeates everything. There is nothing besides Hashem. All there is is Hashem. And it's not a contradiction to the multiplicity. On the contrary, because Hashem is one, because there's only one, and because Hashem is infinite, that's why that explains how every detail is so unique. Nothing is redundant. There's not a single redundant cell in the body. hundred trillion, every cell is unique and differentiated. and Only something infinite could express itself in, in an infinite ways. Only one entity could express itself in such an infinite way. And everyone is so colorful and so different and so unique because it's all expressing the one reality. And together, you can express, you can reveal Hashem. That's the challenge. Maybe it's no coincidence that he's ending the Tanya with this idea. Because this is talking to our generation. Because people get lost in this multiplicity and multi- multiculture, and they lose the one. And they forget the whole point. And they break it down into a very me- from a very mechanistic, mechanical, external, distorted, superficial point of view. Maybe we don't do it deliberately and consciously, but we do have this knowledge of, you know, like someone walks into the room, and you have a sense of them. You don't start linearly, start listing every single interaction you had with this person over your lifetime. You just get a singular sense in the moment. Either you tense up <laughs> when a person walks into the room, or you relax. Oh, There's a positive energy. You know, if you had to sit down and logically explain it, it may take you, it may take you a few years. And yet, you summon it up. You went to your favorite opera, you know, and you just, in one felt sense, you feel the whole experience. You're not, gonna, you're not thinking about, you know, the hundred-piece orchestra and every musical note that went into it. It's just simultaneously, you just get a sense of the whole thing. So that's like a different type of knowledge. That's a holistic type of knowledge. It's not our conscious knowledge. Our conscious knowledge is very linear, very detailed, specific. And that's the way every organ in the body expresses a different aspect of the soul, a different ability of the soul. But really, behind all that, underneath all that, is one soul that expresses itself. The same soul expresses itself in understanding and feeling and seeing and hearing. It's the same soul. And in the soul, the soul is one. The soul is not a, a, a Lego, a building block of pieces. It's not, it's not a mechanical event. The soul is, is, is a reality, is a soul. It's, it's, it's something spiritual, it's something organic, something that's alive. It's not mechanical. 
but the soul contained within it. All of these things simultaneously. It's one entity. The whole is greater than the sum total of its parts, and the soul expresses itself in all these details. So when you sense your soul, you're alive. You don't sense details. You sense your whole life. I'm alive. Every part of me, every, every cell, every one of those 100 trillion cells is alive. From your toenail to your hair, every part of you, from the tip of your head to the bottom, every part of you is alive. Once the soul makes contact with the body, the, soul come, the body comes alive. Because the, the soul is a piece of life. The soul is alive before it makes contact with the body and after it loses contact with the body. Before you're born, the soul is alive. And after we die, the soul is alive. Soul, it's, the soul is not about giving the life to the body. That's not what the soul is about. It's almost incidental. That's not, the essence of the soul is its life. And when the God makes contact in the soul and the body, the body comes alive. And when the body comes alive, first the body comes alive in general. Every cell in the body is alive. And that life is equal. Then, and that almost bypasses the, there's no organ for that. That's every cell in the body is equally alive. There isn't one cell that's less alive and more alive. And then, there's a general sense where the, Soul senses all the organs together, all the different abilities together. And this is, resides in the brain. This is what the brain senses. That's why the brain is the command and control center of the whole body. Because the brain, all the nerve systems end in the brain. Where do you feel pain? The brain feels the pain. If you sever the, the nerves between the brain and the organ, that's what painkillers do. They sever the nerves so you don't feel the pain. The, the brain feels the pain. Because everything, this general life force resides in the brain. The brain senses this general life force. And from the brain, it then differentiates. And the eye sees and the ear hears and the heart feels and the brain comprehends and every organ in the body and every, every um, vein in the body. Now the truth is, the essence of the soul is not even about life. The essence of the soul is something that's even beyond. That's not what the soul is about, to give life. The soul is, is, is its essence. It is. But when the soul makes contact with the body, there is the essence of the soul, as it's being an essence of life. And then there is where the soul gives life to the body, and first in the general format, and then all the faculties, all the abilities together, and then it differentiates individually each organ in the body has its own unique ability. Brings out within the soul its own unique ability. So the same soul expresses itself in so many unique ways, so much so there isn't a single organ in the body that, that duplicates another organ. Every organ is unique. It's the same soul expresses itself in comprehending and feeling and seeing and hearing and talking, etc. And ultimately, it never leaves. It never loses the sense. It's all one. That's why the body is so 
coordinated. That's why the body is so, there's such harmony in the body. If a toenail hurts, the brain can't think. Sometimes you want to cure one part of the body, you make a medical procedure in another part of the body, and you cure the other part of the body, because it's all connected. Because it's one soul. Even when it's differentiated, it's ultimately it's the same soul, it's the same reality. Aren't there different levels of the soul? Yes, there are different levels of the soul. He, the main difference is you have the way the soul is, fills every organ individually, and that becomes our conscious knowledge, which is very differentiated, the 248 limbs and 365 veins, and there's five senses, and there's the brain and the heart, and, and each, each organ is unique and different, and that's what differentiates one from the other. And then there's the general life force of the soul. There is no difference. Where Every cell in the body, all 100 trillion cells, are all alive, equally alive. There is no difference. It's, it's all one. There is no organ, particular organ. It's a life. You're alive. And that's why we find, you know, to, to keep a person alive, there's, there's, in the laws of Yom Kippur, we find that a person is not allowed to eat on Yom Kippur. Like uh, the amount of an egg full, egg amount. Because if you eat that amount, that's what it takes in order to sustain, sustain life, to sustain that general life. Because in the laws of Yom Kippur, we don't differentiate between, oh, the giant, you know, the person who's 500 pounds who, who you know, who needs to eat, and the, chi- and, and the 13-year-old bar mitzvah boy, the skinny, scrawny bar mitzvah boy. Anyone who eats this amount, your life is cut off. You violated him. How can you give the same amount to every Jew in the world? The one with the, with the, with the great appetite and the one who barely eats. The anorexic. And yet there's one, one shear, there's one. Because the difference between what people eat, there's, there's, two, there's one effect of the eating that it nourishes and nurtures you, your particular needs. Your particular needs. But then there is the general connection between body and soul. That general connection, there is no difference between the, 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 every organ of the body is equally alive because the body is connected with the soul. And that general life force doesn't matter if the person is a giant or the person is, is a scrawny 13-year-old mitzvah boy or, or a 12-year-old mitzvah girl. doesn't matter. That life force... If you eat this amount, as the Torah says, the minimal amount, that's what you need to keep that life force, to keep that connection going. So there's a general life force, a general connection. And then there is the differentiated, where everything is differentiated and everything has its boundaries and everything is clearly defined. And you have 10, and you have 613, and you have 248 limbs, and you have everything is specified, everything is detailed. But then you have the general all-encompassing, the overall, the whole. But where does this whole reside? Who senses this whole? The brain. So the brain, in addition, and that's the point he's trying to make in this chapter, the brain, in addition to being one organ of the body, the most delicate organ of the body, which draws out the most delicate abilities of the soul, the ability to be creative, the ability to imagine, the ability to comprehend, to understand, the ability to connect, in addition to that, the brain serves a much more profound role. 
that the brain is the command and control center of the whole body because the brain senses the whole. The brain is conscious and senses that the body is not just a collection of pieces, of parts. You walk down the street, you don't feel like you're a bag of bones and, 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 and a bag of blood and plasma and, and veins. And That's not how you feel. You feel alive. You, feel, you don't even feel yourself. A healthy person doesn't even feel himself. Because that's, that's, how, that's what the brain senses, that we're, we're one. There's one soul. And this soul contains all these faculties. Could you have these faculties without the soul? God forbid the person, the soul leaves. Okay, but my brain is still functioning. No. The soul leaves, it takes everything with it. The heart stops pumping. There's nothing. It's all dead. There's nothing. Every last cell, 100 trillion cells die. What happened? Because it's all part of the soul. Without the soul, there's nothing. We're talking about the divine soul? No, we're talking about the soul, no, energy, the energy, soul, life, the life. Animal soul and the... Talking about the life force that God gave us, life, energy, soul. The animal soul is a soul. It's, 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 it's a... So we're talking about the composite of the animal and... We're not, we're not getting into the animal, not animal. We're getting into life. You're alive. Life is from within. Life is, is a divine miracle. Life is not a mechanical event. All the scientists in the world can't create the life of a fly. Life, the energy of life. You're alive. A miracle of life. And that we can experience from our own selves. That's how we feel from the inside out. That's how we, we experience it. So yes, while we have the conscious level, with which differentiates and everything is, has its own, everything is categorized and everything... On the other hand, we also sense that there is something much deeper going on. And that's what the soul, that's what the brain senses. That's what he described in the parable. And from my experience, I can know God. We can extrapolate. From the microcosm, we can understand that the same is true in the macrocosm. The same is true with Hashem. And that's what he's going to explain now. Hashem is the life force of the world, the soul of the world. So what's true, by, from our own, per, our own personal experience, we can also understand that the same is true on a global scale with Hashem. And that's what we're holding in the bottom page 774. In a truly similar manner, figuratively speaking, does the blessed Ein Self fill all worlds so as to animate them? There is a marked similarity between the soul pervading the body and, and Ein Self permeating all the worlds. Just as in the analogy, the soul is found within and suffuses the entire body. In a parallel manner, Ein Self fills and is found in all worlds. And in each world there are creatures without limit or end. Myriads upon myriads of various grades of angels and souls and so on. And so, too, is the abundance of the world without end or limit, one higher than the other, and so on. Only today we, we can appreciate the vastness of the universe, how infinitely complex it is. I mean, we understand today that a human, every human being is a hundred trillion cells. I mean, that number is mind-boggling. And the human brain itself is how many... Cells, trillions of cells, and billions of cells, and connections, and and, and the vastness of the of, you know of the planets and the stars and the uh, you know the universe and so you know the astronomers are working with numbers that are off the charts. You know, it's like <laughs> it's, it's it's so vast. So Hashem created, 
And every cell is unique. Every individual creature is unique. So you see how Hashem creates every single world, and every single world is so infinitely vast and complex, and is so variated and so differentiated. And in the realm of the spirit, separate and distinct entities are the result of their being on different spiritual grades and levels. Thus, a multitude of worlds implies a multitude of varying levels of spirituality. Hence, the sheer numerousness of worlds and created beings each differs from the other in spiritual gradation. So everything in the physical world is just a symptom of the spiritual world. So the fact that there's such variety in the, in the physical world is just a symptom of the variety that exists in the spiritual world. Because one angel, every angel is different than another angel. You know, every angel embodies an energy of love. Let's say the camp of Michal, which is the camp of love. In love, even, even within the human realm, you know, there's loves and there's love and there's love and there's, uh, you know, there's an infinite variety to love. So, in the spiritual realm, every angel embodies a different aspect, a different uh, ability. So there's numerous and infinite variety of different levels of love, different levels of understanding, different levels of, of, of spiritual being. Earlier on, when explaining his analogy, the Alta Rebbe pointed out that despite the vast differences that exist between one bodily organ and the other, the soul's essence is equally to be found in them all. He now goes on to explain that in the, in the analog of the Ein Sof as well, the essence of the Ein Sof is found in a hidden manner equally within all worlds. Now, the core and essence of the Blessed I Am Sof is the same in the higher and lower world, as in the example of the soul mentioned above, wherein the Alta Rebbe explained that the soul's core and essence is not divisible, and thus it cannot be said of it that it is found in the brain to a greater extent than it is found in the feet. Just like he said, he can't say that the brain is more alive than, than the toes of your feet. Every cell in your body it's equally alive. That general life force, that I'm alive, there's no difference. Every part of you is filled with life, is alive, become, comes alive. And there's no difference. The difference between one organ and the other is only the difference of how each organ expresses itself. The brain comprehends and the, and the feet walk. But the general life force that we are alive there is no difference. Every part of the body is equally alive. And, and there is no distance. That's why we find there is no distance for information to be processed. It takes time. We have to go through the brain, and the brain has to communicate it to the heart, and, and then it has to find its way to the rest of the organs. But when you want to move something, you move automatically. You don't even have to think about it. It's not like you have to go through the brain and the brain you have to process, consciously process the information. The body automatically moves. 99.9% .9 of what happens in the body happens sub unselfconscious, subconsciously. We're not even aware of it. We have no clue what's going on. It's just, just the body knows what to do. And it happens automatically. You know, it's not a conscious, deliberate decision. You just, you just do it automatically. So it doesn't even have to travel because the soul is everywhere. 
It's not like he has to travel from the brain, linearly travel from the brain, and make its way down in the chain of command from the brain to the heart, and then finally it reaches the toe. No, the moment you want to move your legs, you let you move. Because the soul is in your toe, the soul is everywhere. It doesn't have to travel anywhere. You know, I was just reading this, the science, oh, you said, <laughs> they've split the... They've split the atom, and let's say they have an atom here, and the other half of the atom could be the other end of the world. And whatever is done in one half of the atom, the other half of the atom knows automatically. It doesn't, not that they have to communicate with it, they're like inherently connected. And, it, and what happens to one happens to the other. You know, it could be thousands of miles away. There's no separation. It doesn't have to communicate, it doesn't have to travel or get there, you know. Not even as quick as a light, of, as, as light, uh, 180,000 uh, miles per second. It doesn't have to communicate. It automatically it knows. Whatever one atom knows, one half of the atom knows, the other one automatically knows. Because it's inseparable, it's one and the same. And uh, they're trying to harness that information. You know, that would make for very interesting uh, implications. But in the body, it's the same thing. It's not like it has to travel through a chain of command. You have to tell your brain, okay, now let me lift my elbow, let me move my legs. You know, as a matter of fact, a, a professor once decided to study how a leg moves. What happens when your legs move? You know how many muscles are involved? I think 90 muscles. And, and he studied at a great length until he reached a point he couldn't walk. He became paralyzed because he was terrified. Every time he went to lift his leg, he realized the miracle of moving your leg. What's involved in moving your leg? It's, it's, it's nothing less than an astonishing miracle. He became paralyzed with fear. That's why Hashem made it. 99.9% .9 of what happens in our bodies happens unselfconsciously. You're clueless. You have no idea how your body regulates your temperature. We have no idea how our body digests the food. We have no idea how we speak. It's not a conscious effort, okay, let me move, my, it's not like playing piano, okay, let me move my lips now and produce the sound, you have no clue what you're doing, you, you, you just, you want to express yourself, and you say the letter, you know, without even realizing the complex movements that your body makes in order to emit the b sound. So, this is a, because the soul is everywhere, so the soul is everywhere, when you want to move your feet, you don't, you don't even, it doesn't even have to go through the brain. It's almost like the soul is everywhere. So there's this general life force. There's no difference. There's no differentiation. That's why willpower has no vessel. Where is willpower? Brain has a vessel. It's in the brain. Heart, feelings have, have a vessel. They're in the heart. The brain doesn't get emotional. The heart gets emotional. Your heart starts pumping. Walking is in the legs. Every organ has a place. Where's the organ for will? There's no organ for will. Because will is everywhere. Will is the soul. The soul wants. The soul expresses itself. The soul is everywhere, simultaneously. That's why the moment you want to move your legs, you move your legs. It doesn't have to travel from here to there. The soul is everywhere. It's automatic. So this is, so the same is true with Hashem. Hashem, who's like the soul of the world. Where is Hashem? Hashem is everywhere, equally. The toenail is just as alive, the toe is just as alive as your brain. The same life, equally alive, 100% alive. Is the soul less in the toe than it is in the brain? No. no. Every cell, every fiber of your being is alive, 100% alive. So is God any less in this world than he is in the heavens? 
In the heaven of heavens, God is everywhere. You think he's less than 75th Street <laughs> in Jerusalem? Hashem is everywhere. Everything that exists is permeated with the life force of Hashem. There's no space empty of Hashem. Hashem is everywhere, equally. In heaven and on earth. But this is something we can wrap our brains around, wrap our minds around, because we, we experience it in ourselves. It's true within ourselves, our life, our self. And from this we understand God is the life of the world, the soul of the world. So it's true on a personal experience, because you can only relate to something from your own personal experience. So this we can relate to very well. It's the richest type of knowledge, of knowing, because I know this from within. This is not external knowledge. This I know from personal experience, the way I, way I my life, my own personal experience. From this I understand the same is true with Hashem. That's the richest, deepest type of knowledge. And as it is written in the Tikkunim, that he is hidden from all the hidden. It means to say that even in the higher hidden worlds, he is hidden and concealed within them, just as he is hidden and concealed in the lower world. Thus the intent of the Tikkunim uh, Zohar is not that Hashem is more concealed than are all other hidden things, but that he is concealed even from the hidden world. He's not saying that God hides better than anyone else. So God is hidden even from... Even more hidden than, than, than other things. He's saying that even from the deepest realms, the highest realms, the most spiritual realms, the most spiritually sensitive realms, God is equally hidden. The reason for this being, for no thought can apprehend him at all, even in the higher worlds. Because Hashem is equally concealed from all worlds. No distinction can be made between higher and lower. He defies the comprehension of the higher worlds to the same degree that he cannot be apprehended in the lower worlds. And he is found, i.e., with regard to where Hashem is to be found, just as he is found there in the higher world, so is he to be found in the very lowest. The highest world is not a vessel for Hashem. And the lowest world is not a contradiction to Hashem. It's equal to Hashem. It's all equal. And this is something that has escaped all other religions and mysticism. In Judaism... We understand that Hashem is equally found in heaven and on earth. And that's why we can approach Hashem by eating a kosher, a kosher pastrami sandwich. Just like you can approach Hashem through meditation. You think meditation brings you closer to Hashem than eating kosher? Well, this is something physical. This is pastrami and rye. <laughs> With mustard added in. <laughs> and here you're talking about you're talking about you're talking about meditation, sensitivity, spirituality, sublime. That's something heavenly. But to Hashem, the heavens and the heaven of heavens don't contain them. Because the heaven is just is just it's like a conscious expression. What's the conscious mind? The conscious mind, just like in our own personal experience, is so limited. There's a whole reality that's totally beyond our conscious mind. One hundred trillion cells. Try to wrap your mind around that. What's the conscious mind? The conscious mind is, is, is not even a drop in the ocean in comparison to the ocean. It's really going on inside. You know how complex the human being is? We're, we're, like, we're like thousands of factories <laughs> producing the most exquisite happening, all of this happens simultaneously. It, it's off the charts. The human brain is off the charts. The human brain is more complex than the whole universe. 
the stars, the connections, the synapses, and every organ in the body is so infinitely complex. This is not a machine, this is a miracle. This is divine. So the human consciousness, what you're aware of, what you're in control of, the habri, oh, I'm in charge, I'm in control. You're in charge, you're in control. You're clueless. 99.9% of what happens inside of you, you have no idea. And you can study for the rest of your life and you're still just scratching the surface. There are people who spend their whole lifetime studying one organ in the body and they haven't even scratched the surface. And they'll admit to you they haven't even scratched the surface of that single organ. It's so infinitely complex. So, to think that with consciousness you're going to grab God, even higher levels of consciousness, you can grasp Hashem. It's infinite. It's so beyond. It's so infinitely complex. It's so beyond our comprehension. So the greatest is, is not a vehicle for Hashem. And Hashem is there. And the, the, the most materialistic, what appears to be the toenail or the bottom or the, or the end, is not a contradiction to Hashem. Hashem is equally found and present. The world, the universe is pulsating with the divine energy. Every cell in the body is equally alive, from the brain to the toenail. So every part of the universe contains Hashem, the infinite. So Hashem is present. As it's yeah. in the higher and lower worlds, is with regard to the flow of vitality, which the blessed Ainzaf causes to flow and illumine in the manner of revelation out of concealment. The Alta Rebbe will soon conclude that this revelation is intended for the purpose of vitalizing the worlds and their inhabitants, for the vitality of all worlds and creatures derives from the revelation of godliness within them. Thus, the difference between the higher and lower worlds lies in the varying degrees of divine revelation within them. The soul itself, soul itself, it's not a question of revelation and not revelation. The soul is, if it's connected to the body, the body comes alive, and it's not connected to the body, then the body dies. It's not, it's not a question of revelation, not revelation. You know, the, the, the sun, this body of the sun, the orb of the sun, it's not a question of revelation, not revelation. It is. It's not, it's not hidden, it's not revealed, it is. The revelation you're talking about, revelation is something secondary. It's something external to the soul. It's the light, uh, it's, the light switches on, the light switches off. It's on or it's off. You see it or you don't. You, it's revealed or it's not revealed. So the faculties, the individual abilities, you can say the individual abilities are developed or not developed. Once the soul touches the body, every organ in the body, every cell in the body comes alive. But when it comes to the abilities of the soul, it doesn't happen automatically. Why isn't it that once the soul touches the body, every human being alive, his brain should be working? Not only the brain, there are three brains. Every human being should have imagination, should have creativity. Every human being should be analytical and brilliant. And every human being should have the ability to concentrate and to connect. And every human being should have the ability to feel, well, we, f we see people go through their entire life and never exercise their brain. And there are people who have abilities in one area, don't have abilities in any other area. People are very brilliant, very creative, but have no clue what the brilliance of what they've created. And someone else comes and steals the thunder and takes all the glory and makes all the money. <laughs> you know who discovered America? 
Columbus. Columbus died in jail. <laughs> and then Mariano <laughs> took all the credit. <laughs> and he, he got the name. <laughs> the McDonald brothers, they were bought off a few thousand dollars. And whoever bought it from them, you know, made the billions. A person has creative ability. Then there's a person who doesn't have a creative bone in his body. Can't think of an original idea. But give him an idea and he'll develop it and he'll take it down. <laughs> and then you have people who have the ability to don't have the ability to analyze, don't have the ability to create, but they have the ability, they're leaders, they have the ability to take an idea and to draw out its implications and then the consequences and conclusions and connect with it and make it their own and internalize it and, and be decisive about it. And, you know, that's a, it's just a separate quality. So you see that the abilities that the soul has, it could be hidden. And you go through your whole life and it remains hidden. You have to draw it out, you have to develop it, you have to... And so it's not like the life, the life of the soul itself, the general life. It's not a question of hidden. It can't be hidden. The moment the soul connects with the body, every, all 100 trillion cells come alive. Every one of them. Not one person more and one person less. And the brain more and the bottom, or in the bottom of the, toe, the toes less. No, every part of the body is equally alive. Because it's not a question of hidden, not hidden. It is. It's, 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 it's very being. It's very essence. It's, it's a life force. It's an energy. And the moment it connects with the body, it makes contact with the body, the body comes alive. But the abilities, the individual abilities of the soul, that's a question of, is it going to be revealed or is it going to be hidden? So that has to be drawn out. And that's what he says that the difference in the higher worlds and the lower worlds, the higher worlds, the individual abilities are more revealed. The brain draws out the abilities of the soul to comprehend. In the lower parts of the body, the abilities are much, the, the vessel is much less, and therefore it draws out the lower abilities of the soul. You have a huge leg, and what does the leg do? It walks. You have a tiny head, and what does this tiny head do? It sees and it hears and it smells and it, it, it talks and it understands and comprehends. Good things come in small packages. <laughs> a huge brain, I mean a huge uh, foot, and does one thing. So, because it, it, the ability is less, it therefore draws out from the soul a much lower ability. And the rest is hidden. The, brain, the foot doesn't have the ability to comprehend or to feel the higher levels of the body. So it's hidden. There the soul is more hidden. The soul's abilities are hidden. And only a very narrow part of the soul is able to be revealed. Where the vessel is greater, the most delicate part of the body, the most delicate vessel in the body, the brain, brings out the most delicate abilities within the soul. The ability to comprehend, to imagine, to, to be original, to create, to connect. So, so this, this is where the differentiation comes in. The higher world and the lower world. In the higher world, godliness is revealed is more revealed. They're conscious of godliness. They're sensitive to godliness. They sense godliness. In the lower world, godliness is very, very hidden. Remains concealed. Until the lowest of all worlds, which is our world, godliness is completely hidden and concealed. We barely sense anything. But that's the difference. The difference is only revelation, not revelation. But revelation, not revelation, only affects the external part of the soul, the individual abilities of the soul. Not the essence of it. The same is true with Hashem. The essence of Hashem 
God's infinite light, this general life force, this divine energy is equally. The modern physicist says, the book is made of atoms, we're made of atoms, we're all made of the same stuff, the same energy. The stars, the earth, we're all made of the same thing. There's no difference. But we don't sense that. That's a world that we don't feel and we don't sense. That's a world that's beyond us. The world that we can comprehend, there's a, there's a, that we can grasp, there's a world which is more revealed, where the life force is more revealed. Like you have a human being who's more alive, and then you have an animal life, which is a slow, lower form of life, and then you have organic life, which is a lower form of life, and you have earth, a stone, the lowest, inorganic. So there's hardly any revelation of life. It just exists. There's no revelation of life. But so the difference is only in the amount of revelation or not revelation. But that only affects the external. But, but the underlying Hashem, the infinite light, is equally pervasive in every fiber, every cell, every part of the universe is permeated with Hashem. There's absolutely no difference between the heavens and the heaven of heavens and the angels and the spiritual realms and this physical, coarse, materialistic earth and the lowest part of earth. It's all permeated with Hashem, with His infinite light. With regard to revelation out of concealment, the Altar Rebbe now states parenthetically that this manner of revelation is one of the reasons why the godly vitality found within the worlds is called light which is one of the reasons why the influence and flow of this vitality is fairly called light. In Kabbalistic literature, the flow and vitality of godliness is termed light rather than shefa, uh, flux, as it is termed in Jewish speculative philosophy. Light signifies revelation out of concealment. Previously, the light had been concealed within the luminary, the source of the light, and subsequently it is drawn forth from this source and is revealed as light. Thus, in the case of revelation out of concealment, only a minute illumination of the source is drawn down into a revealed state. Not so Shefa, where it is the actual flux and, the, and stream of the source that flows down and is revealed. Hence, the phrase, the flow of water, the self-same water that was previously in one place, flows to another place. The above-mentioned revelation and concealment of light serves the purpose. Shefa means, for example, you take out water from the reservoir. So you've taken a piece of that water. A teacher who teaches a student. That's not light. It's not like the teacher is just there, sits in the classroom and just illuminates the students. The teacher engages with the students, and the teacher has to speak and communicate on the level of the students, and the teacher has to think about what he's going to say, and he has to find the right words to communicate it that the students can understand. And he's giving a piece of himself. The teacher is engaged, the teacher is occupied, it, the teacher is affected by this whole process. It changes him, he's changed by the process. Versus the light, light is unchanged. Light is not affected by the sun, is not affected whether there is light or there isn't light. The sun is not busy giving off light. The sun is not busy engaged in giving off light. 
This, to the sun, it makes absolutely no difference. There is light, there isn't light. The sun is, and it just gives off light. It's not effectively. So too, with the, with the, with the infinite light, and Hashem gives off life, so Hashem is not affected by the... He's not like engaged and is changed by the life force that he infuses. Existence and life force and vitality that he infuses in everything that exists. Hashem remains infinite and undefined. Just like within the body, the soul, yes, there is that differentiated life force, but the soul remains an indivisible entity, and the soul remains suffused. That general energy of the soul suffuses every part of the body. And it doesn't make any difference to the soul from the greatest part of the body to the smallest part of the body. Every one of them is equally suffused with this general life force. So too with Hashem. Hashem's infinite self remains unaffected by the differences. So at the same time that Hashem is suffusing the world with energy and ability, and every individual entity and creature has its own boundary and its own definition, its own parameter and its own... And yet Hashem remains infinite. And that infinite light is what gives is the main life force. This is what gives life. This is what suffuses everything with life. And this life force remains undefined. It defies, it, it, it transcends the individual, the, lim- the limits. It's, it's, it's an undifferentiated, undefined, infinite, all-encompassing, single, indivisible, infinite life force. Hashem. And that's really what everything really is. Hashem suffuses everything, everything that exists. The light is just a revelation. It reveals, it reveals what's, what's hidden. You can only give what you have. If the sun is able to emanate light, there is light in the sun. But the light in the sun, you can't even find it in the sun. Because it's insignificant. It means nothing to the sun. It doesn't add anything to the sun. But then the light emanates from the sun, travels from the sun, emanates from the sun. Outside of the sun, it becomes prominent. It becomes meaningful. Outside of the sun, it gives light, it gives heat, it gives warmth. All the qualities of light. Within the sun, you can't even find it. It means nothing. It's absolutely nothing. So, so too. Everything that exists, according to the vessel that Hashem created, it draws out, it, brings, it's, it has the life force that's perfectly suited for that individual creature and entity. And it reveals that life force from, within, from the general life force, from Hashem, that individual life force. So it reveals that individual life force. But even when it reveals that individual life force, it doesn't affect the sun itself. So it's just a revelation. It reveals an individual life force that was there. Everything that exists comes from Hashem. Everything comes from Hashem, including all the individual life forces. But within Hashem, it doesn't exist, so Hashem remains unaffected by it. But it, it, it's revealed in this particular entity, this particular life force, ability, qualities, nature, etc. So that's why he calls, he refers to it as Ur, it's light, it's a revelation, something that was hidden, like the light of the sun that was hidden in the sun, 
and then it's revealed, so too this individual ability was hidden, and then it's revealed. But it doesn't affect the sun. Not like Shefa. Shefa is a piece, He's getting a piece of the, it affects the teacher. The reservoir is changed because you took a cup of water out of the reservoir. You took a piece of the reservoir with you. With the light of the sun, you're not taking a piece of the sun away. The sun remains intact, whole, untouched. The sun is giving off light and the, soul, the sun remains untouched, intact, 100% whole. It didn't lose a piece of itself. So Hashem is giving off light. He's giving off energy and specific energy to each individual creature and being from the highest to the lowest. And it's a revelation. Every individual creature draws out another individual energy from within Hashem. And yet, Hashem remains intact, whole. The infinite light that permeates every aspect of existence remains infinite, untouched, intact, whole, untouched. So that's why the Kabbalists refer to the, the light from Hashem, the energy that Hashem gives to the world as Ur, not Shefa. Hashem is not giving a piece of himself or is changed by the process. Hashem is not changed by the process. The infinite, Hashem remains infinite, undefined, untouched. But that part we don't sense. What we do sense is what's revealed. The light that's revealed, that's what we sense. So every individual entity has its own unique, energy and characteristic. Thereby animating the worlds and the creatures therein. Herein lies the difference between the higher and lower worlds. For the higher worlds receive the vitality and light in a somewhat more revealed form than do the lower. That is, even in the higher worlds, this light and vitality is not manifestly revealed. And all creatures therein in the higher worlds receive the revealed aspect of vitality, albeit each according to its capacity in nature. Just as in the analogy, each bodily organ receives vitality from the brain according to its character and nature, so too does the already state in the analog that each creature receives its vitality according to its capacity in nature. This means that each being receives vitality according to its capacity to have the life force and vitality revealed within it, and according to the manner in which this, this vitality is to be revealed, whether as a revelation of intellect and comprehension or in an emotive manner. But this is not to say that the nature conceals the revelation. Rather, it imbues and illumines it. That's a note of the Rebbe. Just like the brain which is the most delicate organ in the body, draws out the most delicate abilities within the soul, the ability to comprehend. And it fills the brain. The ability to comprehend fills the brain. And the eye draws out the soul's ability to see. And every part of the eye is filled with the soul's ability to see. It draws out the soul's ability to feel. So too, every individual being that Hashem creates according to its capacity so as we draws out is able to reveal to receive that energy but here we're talking about the energy that you feel the energy of the brain you can feel 
you can feel your ability to think. When you, th when you comprehend too much, your brain hurts. You know, you get tired. You, you feel, you feel deeply. Your heart is, your heart is pounding. You know, you feel it. So you have that ability. We're talking about the ability that you can grasp, the energy that you can feel. You feel the ability in your hand to move, to write. The ability in your legs to move. You feel that energy. You feel it. You're conscious of that energy. Here we're talking about you're conscious of that energy. So that's based on what you can handle, whatever the organ is, is built for. Whatever the organ is built for, whatever the organ can handle, the eye can handle seeing, it can handle comprehension. The heart can handle feeling, not comprehension. And vice versa. So whatever, whatever, you can, or whatever you can handle, that's the energy that fills you, that you're conscious of, that you can feel. But the Hashem's infinite, that life is completely un unselfconscious. You're not conscious of it. That's not... You don't grasp that. It fills you, and it's all around you, and it's within you. And that's what creates you, but you don't feel that, because it's, it's infinite. But the individual entity is able to feel the life force that perfectly fits that entity, that energy. Every creature receives the revealed aspect of vitality, the part that could be revealed, the light that could be revealed, the light from the sun that emanates from the sun that could be revealed. But according to its capacity in nature, so the nature reveals, is able to contain this level of vitality. So this nature draws out and reveals this ability. So this is the level that he calls mamalik alman, that Hashem fills all the worlds, where everything is a vessel, a vehicle, that receives a life force that perfectly matches this vessel and vehicle. So the vehicle is limited, and the life force is also limited. The infinite light is unlimited. That we don't grasp, and that we don't sense, and that we're not conscious of. Even though we know that Hashem is here, and Hashem suffuses every aspect of reality, His infinite self, equally, just like He's present in the higher world, or just like He's not, the higher worlds are not conscious of Him. The higher worlds cannot either grasp infinite, infinity. The higher worlds are also finite and limited. So they cannot grasp infinity, and we cannot grasp infinity. But Hashem is present there, and He's present here. And then you have everything that exists is a vessel, a vessel that draws down what this vessel can handle, a limited energy, a revealed energy. You can grasp, you, you feel, you sense. Just like we all feel we're alive. That we all feel. We feel energy. We haven't seen energy, we can't see energy, but we feel energy but we don't sense the divine. We don't sense the godly aspect, the godly aspect of life. We just sense that we're alive, and we feel that energy. So that, the godly aspect is hidden. 
but the energy that we can grasp, that we can feel, that we can sense, we can experience, our own personal experience. So everything in this world has a life. Like the tree, the organic life, has a life. It grows. You see life. It's able to contain the life ability to grow. That's about it. That's its limit. The animal has a greater capacity. The animal has the ability to a higher form of life. It roams, it moves. And the human has a higher form of life. It's able to grasp, it's able to imagine, it's able to think, it's able to wonder, it's able to think about about itself, about himself, think about the whole. So everything is a vehicle. And then you have higher levels of consciousness, and you have higher realms, able to think even on a much broader scale. Think about the whole. So everything, everything is a vessel, a vehicle, according to the nature, according to the limitations of, according to your nature, your vessel, you're able to draw out that level of energy, that revealed level of energy. So we're talking about the light that could be revealed. The essence is beyond our grasp. The essence is beyond revelation. It's beyond our grasp. We can never comprehend it. And um, it's here. It's within us. It's all around us. It's really what we are. We're nothing else. It's our very substance, but we can't grasp it. We're not vessels for it. We can't grasp that. Not because we're, we're too narrow. Even the greatest can't grasp it. It's, it's, it's beyond limit. The whole measuring between great and small is only within the frame of reference, but within the finite, limited frame of reference. Like within our conscious self, you can talk about the creative ability, you can talk about the heart, emotion, you can talk about thinking and speaking and, and action. But all of this is within a very limited, narrow frame of reference. But reality is, is beyond, beyond that. So the whole differentiation between great and small is only within a very narrow band of reality, a very narrow frame of reference. Reality itself is infinite. It's like you take a drop of the ocean, you start Okay, this is the top of the drop, and this is the bottom of the drop. And there's many layers, many different levels in the top and the bottom. But when you put the drop in the ocean, what drop? When drop? What top? What bottom? What are you talking about? There's no top, there's no bottom, there's no... It's just infinite. There's no, it's, 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 it's an ocean. I don't see a drop. There's no, no difference in the top, and there's no difference in... All these differences just fall by the wayside. So the comparison to the soul... All a hundred and trillion cells is all equal to the soul, the brain, the, the, the toe, it's, it's, there's no difference. This whole hierarchy, this whole different linear hierarchy is only within a very narrow band within our conscious self, limited self. So this is less limited, it's more limited. It's more revealed, less revealed. The ability of the soul is more revealed, the ability of the soul is less revealed. This person's abilities are much more developed than this person's abilities are not developed. This one has greater capacity, and this one has a smaller capacity. But that's all in the light, in the revelation, in the most external, superficial part of the sun. The sun itself, the light doesn't even exist. What differentiation, what big, small, great, small. I mean, all these differentiations mean absolutely nothing. And the soul is equally present in full force in the tiniest toenail as it is in the brain. There's no difference. 
infinite light, Hashem's infinite light is equally present. But in, in the revealed part, revealed and not revealed, here you have all the differentiations in greater and smaller. So the greater worlds have a greater capacity, and the smaller worlds have a much narrower, constricted capacity. But it's all in revelation, not revelation, which is all external, superficial, the light that we said it's the light. The most superficial external, not the essence. But the lower worlds and creatures, even the spiritual ones, do not receive the divine life force in quite such a revealed form is received in the higher world. But only by means of many garments wherein the blessed Ensof invests the vitality and light which he causes to flow and to flow and shine on them in order to animate them. So as not to be revealed, this concealment involves not only a multitudinous profusion of garments, a quantitative manner of concealment, but a qualitative one as well. There is vast difference between the substantial garments that conceal the vitality in the higher world and the much denser garments necessary to conceal the godly vitality to the the lower world, even the spiritual worlds. You know, we talk about our world is called the world of action. The world of action is also a spiritual world. There is the intellect in the world of action, and there is the spiritual, the geist of the world of action. And then you have the physical, tangible world of action. But the world of action is also a world of music and of art and of understanding and it's also part of the world of action. Even, but the spiritual world of action is very narrow, is very limited. Our understanding is very narrow. We don't have the capacity that the soul has before the soul enters into the world of action. The soul is the higher realm. Um, or the angels of the world of action. You can't compare to the angels of the world of formation. It's a whole different dimension. It's a whole different understanding. The angels of the world of action, that interact, they interface. They're the lowest level of angels. There are ten levels of angels in Maimonides' counts, just like there are ten spheroids. The lowest level are the angels that interface between the spiritual world and our world. That's the lowest level They're in the bottom of the chain. They're the lowest level of angels. Then you have the angels of the world of formation. And then you have the highest angels, the world of, of creation. So even in the spiritual realm, the spiritual realm of action is very narrow, very, very constricted. And the analogy that's given, the difference between these four worlds, is like the four different levels of human life, which is like the world of Atzillus, the world of emanation, which is Hashem is called the person sitting on top of the throne. We create an image of God, the Adam Elyon, the higher man. And then you have the world of creation, which is like the animal life, and then you have the world of formation, which is like the organic life, and then you have the world of action, which is like the stone, the inorganic, the earth. And the capacity of man is much, obviously, that's the ultimate, highest form of life. Then you have the capacity of the animal, which you can compare to man. And then you have the capacity of the organic life, which is closer to the inorganic life, because how does organic life express its life? Of course. It grows, 
it grows the physical part. The physical becomes bigger. It grows. So it takes the inorganic and grows it. So it's, it's, it's very earthy. It's very... It's not like an independent life. The animal roams around. The animal is alive. Here it stands still in one place. And the only expression of life is that it grows. And it... it yeah, it makes it bigger. It makes the physical part bigger. It grows the physical part. The tree grows. It grows bigger. And then you have the stone. The stone doesn't budge. Thousands of years. Until you give it a good kick. It doesn't move. And the stone only... How does the stone express its life? That it exists. The fact that it exists. That's its expression of life. So you can't compare the expression of life in the stone that only expresses its existence versus the organic life, which is a higher form of life. You see life, you see growth, you see beauty, you see it's alive. You know, the tree is alive, the plant is alive. There's a life, there's an energy. There's an energy you can feel, you can sense the energy. You see the energy, it's beautiful. And then you have the energy of an animal, much higher form of life. Then you have the energy of a human being, highest form of life. So that's what he says, everything according to its capacity. According to its capacity reveals a different aspect. Just like the organs in the body. According to the organ, it reveals a different aspect of the soul. Different ability of the soul. Different potential of the soul. But that's a revelation. It doesn't affect the essence of the soul. The essence of the soul is, the whole is greater than the sum total of its parts. And it permeates every aspect. And it's a whole different, uh, it's, it's a whole, even when the soul is differentiated, it's still permeated by this sense of wholeness. But who instills in every organ in the body the sense of wholeness? The brain, the reish, the command and control center of the whole body. And this is, as he explained in chapter 2, this is also a very powerful explanation of the whole idea of a Rebbe. A Rebbe is the Rosh B'nai Yisrael. It's an acronym for three Hebrew words. Rosh B'nai Yisrael. The brain of the Jewish people. Because a Rebbe senses the whole. And he senses, and he instills that sense in every individual Jew. That every individual Jew should realize, hey, I'm part of something much larger and myself, and much larger than all of us put together. It's not just our generation. We're all part of something much larger than us, all of us put together, starting with Abraham to every Jew that ever lived and every Jew that ever will live. We're all part of one dynamic whole, one organism. So the Rebbe is the embodiment of Klau Yisrael, of the Jewish whole. Instills in each and every one of us that we're not just an isolated individual. We are part and connected with each and every Jew. And we're responsible for each and every Jew. We can't just live for ourselves, we have to live for our fellow Jew as well. So this is the, the, the idea of a rosh, the head of the Jewish people. Just like Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is not called Tchilat Hashanah, the beginning of the year. It's Rosh Hashanah because it incorporates the entire year. When God renews the world each and every year in Rosh Hashanah, just like in the brain, first he gives a general life. This general life contains the whole, just like the general sense, the general life force that first um, emerges in the brain, 
that the brain senses in this general life is already, you can find the whole life force is found in this general life. And from it, it differentiates into each individual organ. So too, the entire year is concentrated in Rosh Hashanah, the whole life force of the year. That's why Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment. And that's why however you behave in these 48 hours will determine the quality of the year for the whole year. If you fall asleep on Rosh Hashanah, the whole year is going to be fashlaf. <laughs> because it's literally the whole year is concentrated in these 48 hours. Just like the whole life force is concentrated in the, in the general life force which originates, which first emanates in the brain. So that's Rosh Hashanah, the, beginning, the head of the year, the head of the Jewish people. That's why in Rosh Hashanah, the, the chassid would always go to the Rebbe. The head of the year, you have to go to the head of the Jewish people to find your life source, to, to plug in, to be connected. This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com.